Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today we got a fun episode ahead of us. It's going to be a wild one, not only because we're talking about episode 69, but we got a very fun bunch of two good friends of mine, a couple Holy Cross grads. Um, we went to Holy Cross together. That's where we know, you know, we know each other. Um, without further ado, let me introduce my guests today, George Capit and Tyson Youngs. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I am excited for this episode. We had a lot of uh, chatting back and forth about the potential of what, what kind of directions we could go with this. And ultimately, we all just came back to, you know, this is episode 69. And, and that's why we had to bring these two goofballs on for this one. <laughs> We're just glad to be here, man. You know, happy to be on the pod. Epi 69, it's not often. How many times in your career do you get to be a part of an Epi 69? <laughs> Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's a one of one, really. It's. There's not going to be another episode sixty nine. This is the. This is the V one. So, we're gonna. We're gonna have fun with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's been a while since we uh, have caught up. I know. I know. Tyson and George, you guys have a lot of, uh, you guys do a lot of road tripping and talking and stuff like that a lot, but haven't, I, I myself haven't had a chance to talk with you guys in a while. So tell me, how you guys been? What have you guys been up to? Why don't you start? Uh, George, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, so I'm I'm coaching at, at Georgetown now in D.C., which is, uh, which is great because I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, so kind of, I, I now live in Northern Virginia, you know, work over at Georgetown as a pitching coach cool. there, which is solid. Um, you know, I was at Holy Cross before that, obviously coaching and in the interim kind of taking some road trips with Ty. So I know we're going to get to all that later, but you know, For things sure. have been solid, yeah. solid over here. Pitch, pitching coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the pitching coach. Very cool. Yeah. Looking forward to talking about that. Tyson, what have you been up to? You're, you're doing real estate and a little Amazon FBA action. Yeah. After my, after my failed college sporting career at Holy Cross, I went to New York and uh, had a job over had there. One, right? Had one, had a job over in New York for six months, failed at that, got laid off, moved back to San Diego. Here I am doing commercial real estate, a little here, a little there. Just got off the golf course, try to have fun when I can out here. But uh, yeah, yeah, and then Capes and I, Capes and I find a way every once in a while to do a road trip or two. <laughs> yeah, Ty, Ty's glistened from his golf his uh, golf experience today too. He's got that suntan going. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he's got a beard too. He's got his unwinding from the long day. It was a tough. It was a tough day on the course, Ben. Come on now. <laughs> if, you, if, if they had to spend that much money out there and, and you shoot what I shot, you'd have a beer too. <laughs> what are you drinking again? Mm. What's your, what's your what's your drink of choice tonight? Tonight, I don't know. This is just what, what's on tap. I'm in my office, by the way. Um, oh, okay. tap in your okay. office? Yeah, it's right. on it's on tap. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's Resident Brewing. Shout out Jimmy Langley. Shout out the boys. Uh, they always got good beer in here. Uh, good stuff. So I'm just uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 riding their coattails tonight. I'm, I'm okay. I'm a little taken aback from this. You got a tap in your office. But, Come on, let me yeah. show you. I'm about all this. Well, let me show you around. Yeah, for 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 audio listeners, you're missing out. Tyson walking it's around his office right now. So this, a ridiculous hat. this is my office. This is our cold brew. This is our full bar. We got a couple TVs. Oh, and, forget uh, about it, dude. We got we got a couple other offices in here. There's some um, there's some lawyers. There's some uh, political lobbyists. Restaurant group. This and that. Whatever. Then we have our golf simulator here oh, um, dude. where I typically are, uh, shoot. So are they taking applications at this place? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a podcast studio in here. We could make one for you. Dude, I'm real. <laughs> and then here's our, here's our, here's our beers on tap. Um, you know, 
they uh, they take care of us. Very cool, dude. That's awesome. I like it. What if, uh, and, and so what are you doing there? What what's the uh, what's your functioning there? Um, a big big energy guy. No, so I do. Um, <laughs> Every day, I'm like I'm like uh, what do you call it? I'm Kramer in uh, Seinfeld when he does, he just goes into work and he doesn't even work the place. He just goes in there just to bring the energy every day. Yeah, no, yeah. Don't leave. Uh, just a high yeah. five and a butt slap. Um, no, so we do. So, so in our office, there's multiple companies. It's kind of like a small WeWork situation. And I work for a commercial real estate firm called Maine and Maine. And we do, um, retail leasing. We represent a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of landlords in San Diego. But like I said, there's a couple, um, like political lobbyists, like strategists. Uh, there's a restaurant group, there's another real estate group, and they just kind of sublet to a bunch of different companies. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good little group of group of people and we're in the heart of downtown San Diego. So I have a, have a good time down here. It's a cool gig. Very cool. Tyson, <laughs> let's kick off the podcast with, I wanted to give you a little bit of space to kind of, I know we have an event event coming up for you. Wanted to give you a little bit of space to, you know, self-promote it. Tell us about it. The San Diego sneak summer classic. Tyson is the co-founder of this event. And, um, Tell me initially the origins of the event. What were the idea for this event started from what exactly it is and, and you know, what are you guys looking to accomplish with it? Yeah. So, um, San Diego sneak summer classic recently changed to the sneak summer classic five on five, 16 team basketball tournament that, um, my partner slash friend sauce and Cotapana and I run, uh, in La Jolla every year at the La Jolla rec center. And, um, it's a really cool event kind of the, the root there's it comes from all these different directions but really what it came down to for me was i felt like um you know i had been to college i'd gone through school i'd done this that whatever and not that everything was handed to me but it was just the traditional path and i kind of wanted to create something and so i have my buddy saucin who owns this clothing company sneaks and um, i said hey let's let's take it was, a, it, was a, it was a decision that we made together i said hey look dude you have this brand. Um, we have this idea, we have deep ties in the basketball community in San Diego and, um, let's just do a tournament. Let's do something cool. And, um, there's some things in the background that happened as well too, that were motivating factors. But, um, then we just kind of put our, put our foot on the gas pedal, um, ever since we had that first call back in 2018. And then, um, yeah, now it's a kind of a tradition that we're trying to grow and we're on the third year now. Cool. What were the best parts about the first two? Anything, anything, you know, exciting happen or just kind of a normal five on five tournament? Uh, so we, I mean, obviously we learned a thing here and there. Um, the first tournament we learned that you should probably have refs. Uh, we didn't have refs in the first tournament. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, that might be a good idea. Yeah. So we learned that the hard way. Um, and then the second tournament, uh, we had refs, but it was kind of one of those situations where it was like, oh, the refs are calling too much because it's a, it's it's more of like a street. Like uh, no one's wearing a uniform. Some teams wear uniforms, but for the most part, it's like what you're wearing to play pickup basketball. So then people gotcha. are like, oh, just... Can I get that? Can I get some sort of local sponsor to start printing out some shirts for you guys and get them like different colors or something? I know. Well, we talked about that and I was like, hey, maybe we do pennies or maybe we do this or that or something. And um, my buddy Sawson's like, dude, let's just keep it the way it is. It's kind of like that, that street um uh what's it called pick up basketball vibe where you show up and it's not this super organized tournament which it is it's yeah. very organized but it, it's kind of a more lax vibe um but in yeah my head, i'm thinking of like that uh white man can't jump tournament you know at the end where they're facing off again <laughs> and you know what i'm talking about with woody yeah. Harrelson and yes uh, yeah 
it's that it's uh, that snipes it's that yeah. <laughs> it's that um it's but cool. then yeah to go back to your question probably the coolest thing that happens is uh the uh, the padres gm aj preller comes out every year and uh, they actually no they won last year um he hit a no half way, court really? shot he had a half court bank shot to win the tournament shut up it was ridiculous um but he he's coming out again this year and he's actually a really good basketball player believe it or not really um yeah i think that's cool I think he's got some New York roots, so he's a he's a gamer. That's cool. It's good basketball then. Some good some good players. It's really good basketball. For the most part, every team has uh, maybe like a former overseas guy or um, multiple ex D one D two NAIA guys. Um, our team has four or five D two guys, and then um, myself and a couple <laughs> others who just love the game. But um, yeah, it's, it's super competitive. Now, are you guys doing anything for the community with, with the event? Like, are you guys making, are you guys like raising money for something or is there anything, or is it just kind of just a fun event you guys are looking at? It's a fun event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a fun event we put on. Um, technically, I guess you could say it's for profit this year. We've partnered with big brothers, big sisters of San Diego, and they're looking for a lot of volunteers. Cool. Um, they've, I, I participated in an event with them a couple of weeks ago, their golf marathon, and they raised a bunch of money and they have all these funds. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Now they're looking for volunteers to, um, you know, spend that money on and create these relationships and build the community. So, um, it technically, it's not a charity event. It's, it's technically for profit, but, um, you know, we, we do what we can. Very cool. So tell me, are there people like coming out of town for this event or is it mostly just the local, the local basketball community? For the most part, it's the local basketball community. And then there's some teams that are coming down from LA this year. Uh, nice. Some teams that are coming down from Santa Barbara this year. And I keep trying to recruit a Holy Cross team, but uh, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's taking the bait. So one of, one of these years, I'm going to get a team that's 3000 miles away to fly out. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to tell them they can stay at the Young's house. <laughs> yeah, you tell them. <laughs> it's for free. You ever heard of for free? <laughs> I love it. Do you, so tell me, do you, do you, uh, do you have any favorite spots to eat for these people coming out of town? Like what are they, what are they going to do besides the, the sneaks? basketball tournament like what else what else do they got to to do around the san diego area that you recommend to them yeah for sure so first and foremost we have a couple really cool vendors that are going to be at the event one of which is soul on six which is like an asian fusion taco concept they're out of la and um, they're going to come down cook all day and then um, the community that we do the tournament in has a bunch of really good food Um, just up the block is this fish market el pescador super famous in san diego i think you took me there once uh, when I was down there, absolutely, absolutely did. Have. That's that's the first place I take somebody when we come to yeah. San Diego. Um, Taco. <laughs> I've never been there. I've never been there. How many times? I've never been taken there. You've been there, dude. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. You've been there. All that. So so uh, let me just continue continue with my segment. And we can uh, yeah. you can chime in when you get to chime in, but um, yeah. So El Pescador taco stand is really good right around the corner. Um, and then if you want to kind of branch out, uh, you go, uh, Oh, I can't leave out Don Carlos either. Love Don Carlos, another local, um, Mexican taco shop hole in the wall, uh, good spot. And then, um, there's a bunch of cool bars. We're probably going to hit PB Garnett do like the whole, the whole bar scene and, and everything. So it's fun. It's a really cool way to come down and meet a bunch of people. And then, um, you have this kind of built in friend group, 
that uh that that hangs out the whole weekend it's not the event takes place on saturday but really it's a weekend of uh, meeting people and um networking if you want to call it that or whatever it may be and, and having a good time in san diego Dude, that's so cool. I, I love that you're combining all of your favorite passions. You're just like, you're a, you're a, I, I'm very envious of your San Diego lifestyle. You know, you just got like the beautiful San Diego food. You got gloriously outdoor five on five pickup basketball, something you always loved. You got this. It's just like a combination of so many things that is just very Tyson Young's. And, and I've met your buddy sauce in the one time, but I can totally tell the both of you, you know, have the, that's those same passions and it's really neat that you have an event like this. Yeah, it's fun. And, and I, and we we love nothing more than when people come down and tell us that they're having fun too. So I guess that's a little selfish, but uh, we, we we love putting it on for the community and for other people to enjoy. Very cool. So um, if there if you were to pitch to somebody, like tell tell me if you want to bring a, a Holy Cross team or you want to like you know try to bring guys in for the next the next year's tournament, like what what's your pitch to them? What do you say to them, like? come to the sneaks tournament because we got this, 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 like, what do you tell them? Well, come on. We got, we got a couple different sales. <laughs> pitches, Penny this, right? We've got, we, we, if there's a Holy cross, if there's a Holy cross kid, it's, Hey bud, cruise on out to the tournament. You can stay at my place, free beers, free everything. Let's go. And then I usually get the cold shoulder. But, um, if you get, if you get, uh, like some, some, like we play in a bunch of men's leagues and play pickup basketball around. If you see a pretty good player, we'll go up to him and say, Hey, we run this five on five nice. basketball tournament, 16 teams. It's pretty competitive. We kind of tell them like the level of competition that there is kind of like how teams is no joke. That's no, a lot of, that's a lot of guys. It's, it's, that it's hard to get. And then this year it was really easy and we were kind of filtered teams out and making sure that we had really good competition really? but um but yeah we kind of go through that I whole mean, for spiel. Christ's sake aj preller's playing i mean yeah well <laughs> so preller preller loves preller loves a good competition he doesn't care if it's in the backyard of a of a uh of a of, of, of some la jolla neighborhood or if it's on, in, yeah. in the spotlight of, of staples center you know he's going to come to try to win something and that dude not to make this the aj preller show but that dude is super competitive really good basketball player <laughs> and um just like a, like brings a bunch of energy to everything that he oh. does and it's no no wonder the padres are as successful right? as they are now yeah i was gonna say that it's it's a uh, I, I can totally believe that because he's bringing all that to the padres himself it's fun cool. it's a good time to be a padres fan <laughs> yeah for sure okay tell me you mentioned you were um want to transition to something you know you were talking about earlier you're, you're working as the pitching coach over at georgetown uh i thought that was a really neat experience when i saw you you know join on the team because i know you after your playing experience you got a brief brief taste of coaching over at holy cross you were coaching with coach d right yeah holy cross yeah so obviously played for d you know as you guys know and then uh and then when i was you know coaching you know he brought me on staff to coach too to kind of get my coaching career kicked off so so that was huge obviously you know going into your field as you know, like a young coach um you know it's never it's never exactly like comfortable for a lot of young guys but being in a place where obviously i played and, and you know i knew dean yeah, got I along with him real well you know it obviously worked out real well so yeah, I, I would imagine that, you know, I thought that was really cool. So how did the experience with Georgetown come about? Like, did you know anybody there that, that you kind of got the in with or did um, you just, so, you know, apply for an open position or? Well, so my, my head coach, coach Thompson, uh, he was at Eastern Kentucky before Georgetown and he got hired for the Georgetown job in September, um, like last year, last September. And so he, I did, got connected with him when he was at EKU 
Um, and then when he got the Georgetown job, we kind of got reconnected again and, you know, he had an opening for a pitching coach position. And so we kind of talked about it, you know, went through the whole interview process and, and he brought me on staff there and then brought his other assistant with him from EKU to kind of round out the three of us. Um, so it worked out really well, obviously, like I said, grew up in Northern Virginia. So like being back in the area that I grew up in and like have all the ties to was huge for me, but also in some ways like good for the program too, um, to be able to, you know, like I'm, Oh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to go see like all the guys from my high school, you know, cause obviously I'm connected yeah. with, with my old high school coaches and stuff like that. So it works out well. Um, definitely lucky. Love to see how both of you guys have taken what you learned, you know, out at Holy Cross and in your life travels and just in general like that. And you've brought it to your local communities and you guys have both succeeded in, in different ways in your local communities and bringing your, what you guys have, you know, sh- sharpened and fine tuned your, your, your personal lives to, you know, bettering the communities or having fun within your communities. That's pretty cool. I like it. Um, okay. Tell me what, are, what do you bring into Georgetown? Like, is there any, what do you like about the program so far? Like, have you brought anything like, unique to the program or have you noticed anything that you really particularly enjoyed that's unique to Georgetown? Yeah. I mean, we, we have a great, a great group of guys. Um, and like I said, the staff that, you know, coach Thompson has put together is awesome. I'll say like, personally, I guess, uh, like the one benefit I have coming to Georgetown is, you know, I spent however many years, seven plus years around Holy Cross baseball, both as a player and a coach. So like coming to, uh, you know, Georgetown and being another high academic school, similar to Holy Cross, uh, you know, having that background at Holy Cross really, you know, translates well, especially from like the recruiting side, you know, going out and recruiting high academic kids, um, cause it's not always necessarily the easiest thing when you go to an event and maybe there's a yeah. hundred plus kids there and, you know, maybe a handful of them are even in the hunt, you know, from an academic yeah. standpoint. So, totally. you know, obviously you there's have a, niche, a unique a demographic you're looking at. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But at the same time, obviously trying to bring in the best players possible. So I'd say like having that experience, you know, coming from Holy Cross is obviously hugely beneficial to our program. And then, you know, obviously from the baseball side of things, um, I guess I just, I value like my playing experience so heavily, um, when it comes to like my style of coaching and, um, you know, I guess how I'm handling things now, especially at Georgetown, I feel like, like I was lucky enough to have played, you know, in a bunch of solid spots and at, at some pretty yeah. high levels. And so, and, and throw a, a, a good bit at that. So I feel like having yeah. that and just applying it right away, despite the fact that I'm a young coach means I can almost, you know, offset that those years of experience behind the coaching side with, you know, having actually been out there doing it and, you know, being able to relate to these guys one-on-one because if I was in their shoes not too long ago. No, that makes sense. Do you, um, do you have any tips for, you know, college students or recent players or, you know, maybe like a minor league player that's considering, you know, their next phase of after their playing career, you know, they want to get into coaching. Is there like, maybe there's like a characteristic that you saw within yourself that you th- that you thought was going to be, you know, translatable to the coaching side or like, yeah. what kind of, where did you see that kind of transition happen for yourself? Oh, for sure. I mean, first off, I'd say like, you know, again, like I've, I've been lucky in my young career to kind of get kicked off well. Um, and so first off, I'd say like, if anybody's in, you know, if there are anybody that was interested and wanted to just like shoot the breeze over it, like 
get in touch with me. You know, like my, my emails on on our team's website. Like, fire me an email. I'll answer any specific questions. Because like when I when I was playing at Holy Cross, you know, I knew whenever my playing days were over that I wanted to get into coaching. Um, and coach, how early? How early did you know that? I mean, I've I've kind of had it in the back of my head, like you know, ever since I was young, that whenever those playing days are over, whether, whether I even played college baseball or whether I was a big league hall of famer, like whenever my playing days were over, I wanted to stick around the game and get into the coaching side. Um, and so I kind of seriously started having conversations with coach D, um, senior year and, uh, credit to that staff. They actually were like, wait, hold tight, buddy. Like don't give up on the playing dream yet like see that through and then we'll talk about coaching after. Um, but D would obviously give me a ton of advice and always has. And he was like, so adamant on making sure that it was like really what I wanted to do. Cause he's like, Hey man, like, you know what you're getting into, right? Like it's, it's not like guys just jump into this profession and like, you know, it's not like they just make it right away. Like you're going to have to grind out years and you're going to have to do this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I want to stick around the game. Like I want to coach, like I'm, I'm all in. And he was like, okay, like it's not going to work out unless you're all in. I'm like, I'm all in. And I would say again, you know, I'm lucky to be in the shoes that I'm in and, and be in the situation I'm in. But for awesome. sure, like, you know, I guess the one quality that I feel like helped me kind of run through that gauntlet pretty quickly is just like, you know, like, people make fun of like my self-confidence sometimes, you know, cause it may borderline that side of cocky. I think it's, it stays on the confidence oh, side, but it, gen- genuinely, I think that, you know, betting on yourself and just knowing that if you just, you know, put your head down, do your job the best you can, you know, and, and understand that, you know, whatever people say outside of you, like you're betting on yourself, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a grind. Like, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's not like in this profession, you're making like a ton of money, especially early on. Like I started at Holy Cross as a volunteer assistant, you know, before being able to eventually make my way up to the recruiting coordinator, like at what, 25 years old I was. Um, yeah. like that doesn't, number one, doesn't necessarily happen, but number two, it definitely doesn't happen unless, you know, I'm willing to kind of take the punches as they come. And again, just like bet on myself above all else, you know, learn, be a student of the game consistently. Um, because it'll humble no, you real that. quick if, if you, you know, think that you're better than it or whatever. No. It'll kick you real quick. Totally. Dude, I could totally understand. I never even thought about it that way because I, I agree 100% where in baseball, as a player, because I, I never coached, obviously, but as a player, I always understood that the confidence side, like the best players have that inner confidence where you just like, you don't really need to be outwardly, you know, cocky, right. Uh, you know, guys show it in different ways. Everybody has their unique personalities, but the best players all have an inner confidence where you know that you're good enough to be playing with or above the players that you're playing against. You know what oh, I mean? For so, sure. And I, I always say like the yeah. fine line between confidence and cockiness is like confidence can be humbled. Like cockiness can, if you're cocky, then like things don't go your way. You're not able to be humbled. Like, and you're just going to keep thinking, you know, that, that you're the top, whatever, like yada, 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 you're going to keep talking and whatever. But if you're confident and, you know, and that's not cockiness, if you stay on that confident side, you know, you can be humbled. Like, like I said, the game obviously has a way of humbling guys as players. Um, but even in the coaching world, like things, things can shift real quick. Like, you know, life happens, whatever it may be. Um, you know, but you obviously just got to keep betting on yourself and, and knowing, you know, oh. trusting yourself to, you know, to, to bring something to the table. 
I like it. Hey, where you, where are you coming at right now? Where where are you uh where, where are you located at this at this moment? So right now I'm in Atlanta. Um, you are okay. Yeah. You're recru- Dude, tell me about this recruiting thing. Are you traveling a lot for? Yeah. Like, are, you, are you enjoying the traveling? The I am. I am. Thing? I love it. I, and so that's one of the things, right? And that's what D said to me when he when I was getting into this. He's like, hey, like you know, obviously in the spring you're traveling and you got your season. In the summer you're recruiting the whole time. Like in the fall you have fall ball. He's like, it's a year round thing. And again, like I was all in on that. And so like from the recruiting side, yeah. The so, so like right now, for example, um, so I've been in Atlanta for the last week or so, six or seven days. I think this is, this is day seven. Um, I'm down here recruiting in a tournament. And before this, you know, we had a dead period. So I was just back home for the 4th of, Ju- for the 4th of July weekend, you know, got to see my dad, you know, which was good. But right before that, I had a 10 day stint out in uh, Northern California. So it was like, uh, you know, and before that I was traveling, I mean, shoot all over. I've already been to Chicago, you know, I've been to all over PA and Jersey all the way up to new England. This like, I've been everywhere. Um, and it's, it ain't going to stop like for the next you know month again, I'm just going to be kind of going everywhere. Um, which is good. I, I you know, again, I do love you, it. Do, you did a lot of traveling, you know, flying around, driving around. We'll talk about your guys. I have, dude, I have, I have five states in the country left to hit. Really? Yeah. What, are the, what are the last five? Uh, so I have Alaska. It's pretty much everything top left. I have Alaska, uh, Washington, Idaho. Oh, Washington's beautiful. Uh, Montana and Wyoming. Oh, you got to hit Yellowstone then. Right. That, you'll right. knock out two states hey, in one. All I got to do is call Ty up. It'll be one quick road trip <laughs> and we'll hit all of them. Oh, <laughs> man. Dude, you, gotta, you, you guys would love Yellowstone. It's, it's, I've been there once. You got to spend like a, you got to spend at least a couple of weeks there. It's like, it's a I'm huge a national there. park. Dude, it's, it's a killer experience, bro. It's like, more, there's a lot to do. We're more like one night guys. Stay put, stay no, put one night and then we Yeah, we're a get in, <laughs> we're a get in, get out crew. <laughs> Show up. Dude, Yellowstone's a good like 13 hour drive, like from, from North to South. Like it's, it's a long drive going from, you know, the whole, the, the whole length of the park. I don't know about 13 hours, but I just made that up, but <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. Tell me, um, you, so you, you came with the, the plane background experience. I wanted to touch briefly on this because I thought I, I haven't learned myself personally. I, I like, it's my guilty pleasure to ask you about it because <laughs> I wanted to ask you how I haven't got a chance to talk with you much about it. Like you, you, so you signed with the mayors in 2017. Tell me like, cause I mean, I'm sure that was a dream come true for you. Right. I mean, no doubt. Dream, yeah. You mean your whole life, you're, you're playing ball. You, that that you live your eating, breathing, you know, shitting baseball, and all you want to do is make it to the big leagues, and you finally made it. Tell me about that experience you had with the Mariners. Yeah, well, I am making it to the big leagues, but uh, <laughs> no, no, obviously, it, but yeah, I mean, no, I know what you're I saying. Mean, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. Like you said, it's like everything. You I, know, I said big leagues. I meant pro ball. Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean you're right. It's everything that you like dream of, and. You know, I, I personally, like I, my, my opinion and my take on that is it was absolutely everything that I dreamt of. Like that was like the peak of my life. You know, it's all downhill from here, you know, as short as it may have been, uh, it was solid, but, uh, but no, it was awesome. I was, so I signed after I graduated, I was actually, I went undrafted, you know, in June of 2017. So after that, I would, I started my coaching career and I was in the NECBL with the ocean state waves. 
um, kicking it around, kind of doing some coaching. And sure enough, so again, like the draft is in June. And then in July, I got a call um, from my scout uh, with the Mariners. And he, like, he asked if I wanted to sign. And I was like, yeah, obviously. And he was like, well, how quickly can you get out here? I was like, right now? <laughs> like, when's the flight? <laughs> I'll head out right now. So, uh, no, that was awesome. It was, it was certainly a, you know, wild experience getting there. Um, you know, and then obviously kicking it around that, that season and then coming back for spring training in 2018. Um, so it was great, but obviously again, like I take all those experiences with me now that I'm back, like in, in the college realm as a coach, um, you know, I obviously learned a ton out there from a baseball standpoint. And I also, you know, value the experience just having been around those club, you know, that clubhouse being able yeah. to, you know, pass on things to my guys now, you know, with all their goals and dreams being to play pro ball. And, you know, obviously me being able to pass down, you know, some of that advice, good, bad, or otherwise from, from my own experiences to, you know, obviously my goal for them is to play pro, pro ball as well, you know, and help them, um, you know, do the best in their careers so that maybe they can make the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to, I want to chime in real quick. I don't want to take anything away from that, no, but, go ahead. but, uh, Capen said it's all downhill from here. And I, I was wondering, is that <laughs> is downhill from here a good thing or a bad thing? Because isn't downhill from here. I mean, it's easy sailing, but then some people are going to say it's downhill it's like from here. People that trip on DMT or something, yeah. and then they reach like the, the pinnacle of their life. And then everything's just like gray and boring. Well, there. well, 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 what I, what I mean to say is like, I guess it, 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 it depends what we're talking is downhill. Cause if you're rolling a ball downhill, that's pretty easy and that's good. But if you're right. jumping down a hill, that ain't good. So if we could get a poll, if we could get a poll for vicious talk and figure out what the people think should be, is downhill good or bad? Is uphill good or bad? That'd be great. Uh, I'll get that up on the Twitter, on Twitter page as soon as possible. Hashtag king of content. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, you too. All right, let's talk about your road trip and that. All right, because the two. Uh, this is one of my favorite things I was looking forward to bringing you two on. The podcast should have been about this road trip. <laughs> totally, because you, you guys, you guys have a very unique and funny relationship as friends, and. I, this road trip that I observed just through social media and our text conversations, I, I wanted to talk more about it. Let's flesh out this experience. Tell me, you know, where, where did you guys go? Like, why did you guys need a road trip? And tell us, you know, generally what your experiences were. Let me, let me just start. I'm disappointed in you, Ben, because you said our road trip. There were two road trips. Okay. Yeah. I would have okay. expected a little bit better research out of your research no, department. No, 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 I this. R&D, this is talk R&D, not getting it done. <laughs> oh, man. That's All right, classic. call me on my shit. I, I feel it. Two road trips. Two road trips. Capes was the instigator of the first one. Yeah. What a... I'll do both. So yeah, I'll, just, I'll just kick off what yeah, I can remember. Right. So the me. first, the first road trip was full cross country. Um, mm. I was up in, I was actually living in Newport, Rhode Island. This was uh, when I had just gotten the Georgetown job, but we were waiting to find out if we were having a season or not. Um, you know, we couldn't be on campus, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so I was just kind of chilling in, in, in Rhode Island. And my dad has a house um, that he used to live in out in California towards San Diego, like near San Diego ish, like an hour outside. 
and uh, Canyon Lake. And, Canyon Lake. Canyon Lake. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he wanted a little bit of work done on it, and you know, I did some construction like back in high school, so he wanted me to do it. You know, he wanted to save a buck on the labor, uh, so he wanted me to go out there and do it while I was waiting to find out, you know, about the details on our season at Georgetown. So I was driving out, and I had this idea. I was like well, why doesn't Tyson just fly out to where I'm at? And then we just cross country road trip it together, <laughs> take our time. And this would have been, I left like pretty much like the day after Christmas. Uh, and so like new year's was going to be a part of that too. So Ty, because of work schedules, whatever holidays, yada, 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 whatever he had going on, met me in DC. So I started my road trip from, uh, Rhode Island. He flew into DC. I picked him up and we literally just hit the road right from there. And we took it all the way. Uh, right, straight from the airport. You guys just left on the road trip straight from the airport. Straight from the airport. No wasting time. No we, went right, we, we were in Virginia. We went through North Carolina. We went through Tennessee, through Arkansas, down to Texas, and then across uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and then final stop Cali. Now, he, Ty missed right. the, the true second road trip. Tyson was on the first and the third road trip because eventually I had to make it back to DC and I took oh. a different route. You know, I went up. So when I went cross country back to DC, I was solo and Ty missed a good part of the country there. But, uh, and then our second trip was, uh, was from New Hampshire. We were both up there for, uh, Ben White for for those of you that don't know Ben White, he was our buddy from college. Uh, so we had Ben White back with he, he was our buddy, R.I.P. <laughs> so we had a bachelor R. party. Ben too. R.I.P. Ben too. Congrats, R.I.P. But congrats. <laughs> Poor guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're a guy. Um, so we had his bachelor party up in New Hampshire, and Ty was Ty and I were going to both be in Arkansas because you know, long story short, he's got family there, and they were doing old like Lake Lake House weekend that I got invited to. So we were both going to go, but he was going to fly back to Cali and then fly to Arkansas. And then I was just going to drive it. And I'm like, dude, cancel your flights. We're taking another road trip. <laughs> so we went from New Hampshire and we snaked this one all the way down the East coast, down to Georgia, and then cut across through Alabama, Mississippi, and then came back up to Arkansas. Is that a beautiful drive going down that East coast? Honestly, that's the that's the most boring drive of them all. Really? Okay. But well, we were not like coastal, you, you, you know. We're like we're like in the we're middle of nowhere. We just got ninety five the whole time. Gotcha. That oh, was I mean, just, center. Just, kill, just, right? yeah, whole hum. There's nothing exciting about it. Just yeah. it's just well, solid. Yeah. It's not exciting. And, and, no, no, no. For me, the most boring stretch of road is Nebraska. I mean, you go to oh, Nebraska and the speed limit is like the, the, the speed limit in Nebraska is like 85. So it's like, that's the highest like speed limit I've ever seen. And it's like, you just fly, dude. And it's just like cornfields and you just, yeah, but just that honestly, I'll say this, like half of the, half of the stints that we would make, the more nothing there was, the better, the better it was from like a scenery faster. standpoint. And that's not talking about the stops. I'm just like some of these, some of these trips that we would take, it was like, we thought that there was nothing. And then we drive through somewhere else and realize that that place had nothing. Cape's left off a, a crucial, crucial part of uh, one of the road trips. 
If you lose my audio too, if you lose, if you lose my audio too, my, my AirPods are dying. So I'm kind of rotating them through. But, um, <laughs> so our first, so he picked, he picks me up from DC on the first road trip. And then I guess the second road trip, I wasn't a part of the one back to DC. And then the third road trip where we met up for Ben White's bachelor party, RIP Ben White, RIP Ben Perez, see Ben's gone early. Um, we had just finished a three day bachelor party, right? And so our first leg of the trip is New Hampshire to Virginia. And for all you guys listening out there, New Hampshire to Virginia is a 10 hour drive. And uh, that was, that was something special. Talk about hallucinating on the road. We were, uh, we were unwell. One of us was fine because he was driving. The other one I just remember, <laughs> contributed zero I, hours behind the wheel on all of these trips. Let me clear my name here too, by the way, on national TV. Capes has always says that, though, yeah, you didn't drive. Capen won't let me drive his car. So I've never, he's never um, offered. He's he's never, there's been guys. zero offers. Not one time. Cave, you're one of those guys. You can't. He, you, you wouldn't let Ty get behind the wheel of your truck. Or, I don't know if I would let him. Ty. He's never offered, so I don't know. It's not so a bridge. Never, it's not a conversation so that's ever Ty, come up. If he offered, would you would you have let him? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, if I, I don't ask Cave, Cave makes it sound like oh yeah, like he's never asked. Like if I asked Cave, he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd think about it. We can't play hypotheticals. You've never offered. We lost your audio, buddy. Oh, God. It was, it's <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get tired. Sure. I'm keys, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself out there like that. <laughs> Ty, your AirPods died, bro. Oh, man. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're solid. You're, you're here. You're good. Right, I'm rotating. I'm rotating. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically what I said is Caden's a fraud and don't listen to what he has to say. I just want one right, offer. If you offer, then I might, I might let you. <laughs> so sure. tell me, were you guys like camping mostly or did you, or did you guys find any hotels or motels or was it just, you know, roughing on the outdoors? <laughs> you ever heard of, uh, <laughs> called hip camp? No. Oh, no, dude, this app is hilarious. So we're driving on the first so road trip. We're driving, question, like, first of all, we did both. We camped, we stayed at a couple of hotels. I mean, we did it all. We crashed our couches. We yeah, did it gotcha. all. Okay. We all, we bought hotels and, and slept in the hotel parking lot. Thing? Yes. yes. Yeah, no, we didn't, no, like no planning. Day. Yeah. You take it day by day. Yeah. Gotcha. So this, this app hit camp, we're like driving around the road. We're thinking we're going to find some campsite or like knock on someone's door and like sleep on their yard. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's like midnight and we're like, Oh my God, we don't have anywhere to sleep. And we're thinking like, wow, it'd be a great idea if they had an app that, um, that like told you where you could camp. And it turns out they do. And it's called hip camp. And we, uh, so we plug into hip camp and we go to this guy's house, like this random guy's house in East Tennessee. In Eastern Tennessee. Shout out Morgan yeah. Wallen. And, yeah. Morgan. Morgan. Morgan Wallen's a proud sponsor of our road trip, by the way. That's 80% of the content. Awesome. Um, and so we pull up to this random guy's house. We're like, wow, this is sketchy. And then we pull up and the guy comes out and he's you, like, mind oh. you, mind you, mind you, we pull up and it's like, it's like 1130 midnight. Like there's no uh, reason that anybody should be awake. We have no idea what we're doing. We just drive onto this guy's property. So are you about to tell me that you pull up and this guy just pulls out a shotgun and just like tries to get you off his property? 180 degree <laughs> difference. We pull up and the guy's like, oh yeah, cruise on over like. 
where are you guys from? And we're telling her, he's like, oh, I used to live in California, blah, blah, this and that. Just the nicest guy, the nicest guy I've ever seen at 11.30 p.m. And uh, we have like the sickest night in East Tennessee camping on this guy's backyard. Baileyton, Tennessee, that's what it was. Baileyton, Tennessee. Yeah, the nicest guy. He was the man. He let us, he basically said, have at it, use whatever you want, like do whatever you want on the property. He's like, he gave up, <laughs> gave us like all this firewood. He was literally like, I mean, he's like, you guys need water. He's like, what do you need? And he's like, how about it? He's like fish in the pond, like do whatever you want. And we That's popped so off. Cool. And then, and then there's, then there's the opposite of that where we were on hip camp on our, on our last road trip. And oh, yeah. we pull up to this house and this house was all sketchy. In Mississippi. And it's Tupelo, Mississippi. Tupelo, Mississippi. And we pull up and we're like, okay, these are definitely the pictures. Like, this is the guy's house. Right. Well, that took us, it took us probably like an hour to actually commit to driving onto this property because we drove back and forth on this, on this two lane, like not sure that that we were in the right spot. And eventually we just took the plunge and went in. Yeah. And it was, it was a little sketchy. And so long story, really short. Long story, really short. We go to this hotel, book, book a hotel, and Kevin goes, "Look, look, Tyson, we're supposed to camp tonight, so you can go in the room if you want, but I'll be sleeping in the in the bed of this truck." And so then we slept in the bed of the truck with a hundred eighty dollar hotel room that we had paid for five steps away. Oh my god! Yeah, that's well, so funny. But you have the option. You have the option. <laughs> The only thing you guys are missing is uh, a little like dog companion on your by your side, and we could call this like Cape and Ties camping adventures or something. Yeah, yeah we've had we've had a couple times camping for sure. One time we woke up That's camping awesome. and we were literally in the middle of a graveyard, so that was cool. Yeah. yeah. What, were you, what were you guys eating? Like, were you guys making your own food most of the time, or did you? Guys oh, have, like, awesome what meals? did we eat? <laughs> you, you, ever, you, ever, you ever had chicken on a stick in Texarkana? <laughs> <laughs> kids that I have, kids and kids that I have. You ever been to Texarkana? Did you know that most states have a have a border city that combines both names of states? Ben, I bet you know what Calexico is, right? Yeah. Did you ever think that that was Calexico, like California, I Mexico? I, I guess I never I, thought, I never of really thought of it that way. I never would have thought of that. Like, right. I kind of just like, I, I, I don't know. And then there was, Maybe. there was like, what was the Carolina one? Like, no, it was Norlina. Norlina. Like Norlina. Kansas, Kansas and Colorado. Ty, you missed this one, but Kansas and Colorado had Canarado. Canarado. <laughs> <laughs> Canarado. We mostly ate from gas stations, to be honest. Oh, oh, gas station man. biscuits. <laughs> gas station biscuits, beef jerky. Uh, we, went to, we we would hit these random restaurants sometimes to oh. try local cuisine. Bro, the the toilet situation must have been tough then. I Rest mean, off. trying to fu- try trying to find these like a decent sh- a decent toilet to take a shit in. Like, I mean, you guys are roughing it. Nah, we crushed that. That, was like that wasn't even a thing. That was, like, easy. That, that was easy. That was easy. I think gas was not part, easy. Gas was not easy. Gas yeah, wasn't easy. Sense. I think because well, you're driving a big old truck too. Well, we ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere, West Texas, at like one a.m. No way. No way. Thirteen miles Damn. from a gas station. Dude, this is a hell of an experience. Oh my god. Who who uh, who controlled the music most of the way? 
Is that Cape? Uh, I feel like we went back and forth. We uh, Ty had his uke, so we we hit the uke at some time. At oh, some point, nice. we tried writing some music at some point. That was. Oh, you guys got some music. All right, you guys gotta send me something, and we'll use that as the outro of this this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learn. That's awesome. No, it's, Ty, sing me, t- sing me five seconds of a song that you guys put together. Do you have something that we put together? That we put uh, together? I don't think we ever finished a full song. Yeah, Ty has, all the, Ty has all the notes. I have all the notes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all right. I don't want to put you on the spot. Don't That's worry. Sad. That's so funny. That's yeah. my God. I love it, dude. My vo- I love it, dude. My vocal cords are not playing. <laughs> that's so funny alright your favorite takeaway from the road trip one last one last thing what, do you, what did you guys enjoy most about it I have the best takeaway of all time from this road trip and that is the United States of America is filled with wonderful people unless they're from San Diego <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude elaborate elaborate so, this so is a great whole- story <laughs> So the whole trip, uh, you know, everywhere we go, because we basically stopped. It took us 10 days to go across. We took our food on time, meandering our way. And everywhere we stopped, we were seeing all these people, friends, family, whatever, doing all these things, seeing parts of the country we've never seen. Everybody was just great, like amazing people, nice people everywhere. And we quickly realized that everybody was so nice. Um, And so we just kept saying everywhere we'd go, we'd be like, we, you know, we'd be like, oh, Baylington, nice people. Or we'd be like in Arkansas, we'd be like, oh, Arkansas, nice people. Well, sure enough. So one night we did, uh, we did New Year's in Nashville, actually. And, uh, you know, obviously it was, it was a COVID, COVID New Year's. So it wasn't quite the same. And so we were at, um, we had a, a mutual friend that was in the area that we went and we were all, ha- you know, we were all hanging out. And <clears throat> it was a small gathering. Yeah. Hold on. And shout out Holy Cross. Ben knows Colleen. Oh yeah, you know Colleen. Oh, you went to Colleen. Yeah, That's well, cool. she was there. She's in Nashville. It was yeah. Oh, so she, she, she was, was there. there. Um, shout out, call. She was there uh, with friends, so it wasn't even like her thing. So we were like the friend wow. of the friend of the friend at this little thing. And again, everybody there, great people, except for this <laughs> one person who happened to be from San Diego, California. And we did not know this until the end. So basically we, it was new year's and we're trying to get back to the hotel. Uh, and there were no Ubers. So we were trying our hardest to, to catch an Uber and we're like 40 miles outside of, uh, outside of the city. So there's like no it's, Ubers. Yeah, I've, I've been there. So we're literally just trying, 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 but obviously at this yeah. point, overstaying our welcome, you know, everyone's trying to go to bed, do their thing, whatever. <laughs> so Ty and I are just sitting on the couch, like trying to get Ubers on our phone. Like if we would connect with one, they would cancel. So as soon as we connect with one, we'd be at call and like, please pick us up. Like, look, tip like whatever and so the uh the person from san diego was less than thrilled that we were overstaying our welcome and kept saying to colleen like get these guys out of here like why are they here like why, i don't understand why they're still here like they're not staying here why, why are they sitting on my couch and then we're literally just like i look at ty and i was like yeah we're we we are so not welcome here we need to get out and he's like man i'm trying eventually we catch an uber and then we find out right as we're leaving that she's from san diego 
And then, so the whole trip, again, we meet all these great people from all across the country and everybody's awesome, except for the one person from San Diego who was not nice. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Oh my God. The, uh, the Uber situation in towns like that is like, if you're not from those areas, you don't really realize. Cause like if you're from San Diego, LA, San Francisco, uh, even like in Massachusetts, like in Boston, like you, you don't have a problem getting an Uber at almost any time of the day. But like in those country areas, like you have like maybe one or two Uber drivers that are driving everybody around. And it's, it's a, it's a debacle trying to get one of them. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. That's my... That's crazy. Tyson, what did you take away from the road trips? I think, I think, I think my biggest takeaway from the road trip was, well, I, I've always had this thing where like, I would rather see, um, all, all 50 States in the U S before I go to Europe or do whatever and do some big trip. And I think that just solidified that for me and obviously checked off a bunch of boxes in a bunch of States, but I just love like the diversity. And I've always been told like, yeah, if you go down south, watch your back. Like, um, there's it's it's a little racist, and if you're in Massachusetts, like this and that. And there's all these like little tiny things about each place that people are like watch your back and this and that. And the people there are a little weird, and the people there do that. But at the end of the day, like Capes was saying, there's a bunch of good people out in America, and I'm sure everywhere else too. But it just motivated me to to be like, dude, let's check it all out. Cause you never know what you're going to see. And we saw a bunch of cool stuff. And, um, it just, it, I think my biggest takeaway uh, to stop rambling here is like, I, I would love to see the rest of the United States. No, that's awesome. I love it. That's a, that's a really cool experience you guys had. Was it, was it, um, did you guys budget well? Like, was it, you know, cost, cost efficient or did you, did you guys end up blowing a lot of cash on the, on the trip? Mm. A little bit of both. We paid for a we paid for a membership to a bar at one point that probably wasn't cost efficient. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a bar, by the way? Uh, the Hitchin Post. It's like this is like this is like Patty's dollars. It, it always started. They started selling. No, this is Patty's literally dollars. the best restaurant in the entire country by far. It ain't even close. And I we're members there. Well, I'm a member there, and so by association ties a member because you can bring a guest. <laughs> and it was the most like the most western. It was in West Texas, the most western looking. It's called Hitchin Post, and I'm sure that back in the day, people were just pulling their horses up and and hitching some posts and then walking in. No oh, it was a total like the bathroom was just a water. legit outhouse. That was so sick. It was just an outhouse. It was, That's it was wild. <laughs> Um, in general though, I think that budget was, uh, it was minimal. I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised how much you can spend on snacks when you're, when you're in in, in a car. But other than that, like we weren't really going crazy. We, uh, we, 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 we did it the right way, I think. Well, we, we got lucky. We got lucky to know a bunch of people across the country to help us out too. And in, in terms of like housing costs, so a couple of nights, yeah, we can't, but you know, like we had family and friends along the way that would let us, you know, grab some couch, save some coin that way, which is solid. Very cool. All right. We're going to transition to the vicious minute, but before we do, we're gonna do uh, I wanted to quickly talk to you guys. 
we're gonna we're gonna quickly gloss over this, but Cape, and I wanted to ask your as a pitching coach, I wanted to ask your take on uh, how you feel about the spider tag crackdown, like the sticky stuff in baseball. Like, do you have any opinion on that, or is that kind of just you know something that you just let you you just let roll off your shoulder in the news? Not not much. You don't have you don't have much opinion on I it. I mean, I certainly have an opinion. Like, I definitely have an opinion. I mean, I'll say that you know some of that stuff like like spider tack and uh like pelican grip and like those things are i mean that's sticky but like like sunscreen and rosin and things like that even even some just like regular did you ever use that uh sunscreen and rosin yeah or did you use any of it i'm sure sunscreen and rosin though right uh so i never really honestly i never dabbled with sunscreen and rosin because i was i was always worried that i was gonna like not i was always worried that it wasn't gonna have the same feel like one outing mm. i was just you gotta, gonna you like train with that yeah, yeah. exactly and then didn't dabble with it the, the only thing that i like ever messed around with really consistently was uh like outside of just like catch play stuff was this stuff called working hands and it's literally just like a, a hand cream i mean you can literally get it anywhere and i would get it from our trainer because it's it's just a hand cream that i guess like clears up whatever like dry hands and gotcha when you when you use it you know after you rub it in it just it, it felt like a little you know like a little tack nothing crazy gotcha. i just i use that sometimes but i guess my opinion around the whole thing is fine like if you you know you don't want guys like increasing like spin rate right because that's that's the big thing like okay all good and well but to, to some extent like there's there's the flip side of the coin where you certainly want to have um you know confidence in your grips and and kind of you know know what you're doing with the baseball and you know these balls especially you know the lower and lower the seams again and whatnot you know it's 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 tough and, and the ball can be slick um, especially depending on the day, like if the guy is the clubby in the back and they're rubbing them up with the mud, you know, enough, and maybe it's a little slick. I do think there's something to be said about confidence and just being able to to do your thing with the grip. And I honestly don't think that's any different than hitters being able to have confidence in the box, you know, and just be comfortable in the box. Like pitchers want to be comfortable with the equipment that they're using and, and hitters want to be comfortable with the equipment that they're, they're using. I mean, nowadays those guys are in there with, with face shields and, and arm things and things on their leg. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's comfortable in the box now, you know, it's more comfortable in the box now, you know, knowing that, you know, you're a little protected. And so, you know, you can do your job a little better. I think kind of no different than just, you know, having, even if it's just sunscreen rosin, whatever it may be. Again, I'm not saying that we got to be using spider tack and pelican grip or whatever, you know, some of that stuff that's certainly like, I mean, it's just gnarly. Um, but, but being able to use a little bit of something to, you know, know where you're putting it and, and be, be consistent. You know, I guess I don't have too big of a problem with that, but I don't want my opinions going, yeah. being spread everywhere. <laughs> I have mixed though. I have mixed feelings on this situation because I, I feel like as a hitter, I definitely want the pitcher to know where the ball's going, obviously. Cause like you, you don't want to be staring in the box and feeling uncomfortable that there's a possibility, like even a possibility that the pitcher might just let one slip at high and tight and get you right in the noggin. Like that's just the a hitter's worst nightmare. And you should, you can't be thinking one bit. Like you, if you let that thought creep into your mind while you're in the box, you are, you're already you know, behind the eight ball in your at bat. Like, so that, that if, if you even have that thought, like that, that shouldn't be happening with you as a hitter. So if that increases the thought process for a hitter, like it, if the fact that the pitcher is starting to be wild because they, they can't get a grip, like that's not a good thing for anybody. 
Um, but I also think that there were a, a, a decent amount of pitchers that were using the substances more successfully than others. I would say where like guys like I me, mean, for example, the, the name, the name that everybody keeps throwing out there is Garrett Cole. I mean, he, I mean, he had a great start earlier this week against the Astros. He went nine innings and uh, gave up no runs. So he, it was his first. It, it was his first good start though since they started cracking down on this thing. Like he was throwing like dog shit, like really bad since they started cracking down on this on the spider attack stuff. And he was clearly using it. And so I think what what we're seeing is some pitchers are starting to understand how they have to throw without it. Like him, like I, I'm sure, like it, it, a lot of guys, their biggest gripe must have been that they did this mid-season where they didn't have time to to train without it. Because I, I think that they were just thrusted into this new situation that a lot of them weren't used to yet, and they had to make quick adjustments on the fly. And so I think that where we saw some adjustment periods with a lot of different guys. What I would say is I hope I hope baseball in general, if they if they don't want anybody using substances, what they should be doing now is now that they know because of the extensive searches and how they're after every inning, they're you know they're checking guys for substances. I think that now that they know they're not using them, they should be using the the numbers that on the spin rate numbers that they have now as baselines. And so if a guy ticks up on a, on a spin rate going forward, or if his, you know, effectiveness, you know, spikes and you're seeing an unexpected amount of success from a pitcher because of a boost in spin rate or what, what have you, I think that's when you should be checked going forward, but going, but this excessiveness of the whole thing is pretty discouraging for the sport. I would say in general, that's my kind of two cents on it, but yeah, I think it may be a little tough to do that just because, you know, if a guy, you know, if he's messing around with his grip and, you know, something, unlocks and now it's been right jumps no, now so it's going to be like bags for sticky stuff no, when no, in no, reality no. he just you know he, yeah, put pressure on the right finger or something but yeah 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 my, my point is though they could at least like instead of you know looking at every pitcher after every inning which is what they were doing for like a week or two like they, instead of that they could you know just you know ch- if the guy has a spike in spin right out of nowhere where just check him at the end of the game or, or after one inning or something like that just check him see if he has anything on his hands and if he doesn't you know let him let him keep doing his thing uh have you guys do you guys have any takes on the home run derby who you think is going to win um, are, you, are you just Otani? I think that I think that I just want to go back to the sticky stuff really quick. No, sorry. And, I, I, I just let Tyson just go. <laughs> I just let Tyson just keep quiet and then I just move right past Tyson. Give me what you got. What well, you, you, uh... I, I don't have a, I don't have like a, a take on the MLB. I just think that maybe maybe Capes has like kind of like this little little take on it, but maybe he should have used sticky stuff. Uh, when he was pitching against you and me at Holy Cross, because the boys were taking capes really deep. I know in my career, I got a little triple off capes off the ball. I know you're hitting like, what, 750 against capes. So maybe you should have been using oh, sticky stuff. Oh, I probably would have made it a lot farther in the game if I used sticky stuff, that's for sure. But oh, no, you man, guys definitely so raked off of me in the fall. <laughs> uh, that was my claim to fame, dude. I, I had like w- one or two good months of of good hitting and at Holy Cross. And that was it for the, for the listeners out there that, that don't know. JP, vicious talk kind of rakes. Kind of yeah. rakes. Yeah. We left handed swing. Yeah. Dude, I, I, what, what was funny. One of my favorite things about that was when I was hitting really well 
And uh, Coach Kane, the assistant coach, was like, oh, I know Benny's weakness now. Let's make him bat right-handed. And, then the, <laughs> he, and, and, and then so I, I was bat, I'm a switch hitter. So he brought in uh, Jeremy, the lefty. And Jeremy came in throwing left, left-handed. And what was hilarious is I was catching his bullpen to warm up. So I had already – I had been seeing all of his pitches, like, you know, right before he comes in. But And then I come up to hit him. I got, I'm up to face him. The first bat of the inning, first pitch, just – roped one in the center field like the first pitch and Kane was like yeah let's make him hit right handed and I was so proud I was like yo I just go up right hand and just roped one to you love it love it NAP shout out Kane right, guys shout out Kane JP and shout out JP JP got a shout out there too shout out JP yeah. man JP <laughs> Guys, let's roll into the final segment. This is gonna, this is gonna be a fun one. I think you guys are gonna have some fun with this. Most of my guests really enjoy it. They're a little cautious, you know. It's trivia, but you know, it's stuff that's remotely related to you know where you're from, what your interests are, those types of things. Um, and for Capen, I, I I'm I'm sorry. I had like probably one too many baseball questions. I think I have two. Probably should have just had one. Yeah, but I, but. Disclaimer: I'm not like I'm not. I don't fanboy baseball. <laughs> I watch it for educational purposes. No, but we we have some fun stuff here. I got I got a Gainesville question for you. Woo! So we're gonna we're, yeah. No, yeah. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into it, all right? We're gonna and so what we're, what we're gonna do is vicious talk. I mean, the vicious minute is uh, you know like we're gonna do. Rapid trivia. We're gonna we're gonna go back and forth. We're gonna do. We'll start with Capen, and then we'll go to Tyson. You guys will each have five questions of your own, and well, I'll let you guys feel out on your own if you want to help one another. So if, if you guys want to try to chime in and help help out your colleague here, you help out your buddy. You're welcome to do so. But if you want to keep it competitive and you want to see who can get the most out of five, you're welcome to do that too. So we'll see. You guys have fun with that. Okay, too. okay I like it. All right. This, question this, number one. This, hold on. This is a competition. If you want it to be. If you want it to be. So I, I've, I've had, no, go ahead. Is it, you, you ask a question and then either one of us has to answer it first. And then we go, no, you answer no, it. Joe. It's this your question, question you. dude. It's your question. And Tyson, gotcha. can, Tyson can help you. If he wants <clears throat> did to. you go to Holy Cross or did you go to class? <laughs> do you get it? I graduated. <laughs> but do you get it now? I get it now. So I get five <laughs> questions and you get five questions and they're different yeah, questions. We're going to alternate though. They're different questions. Okay. And, and I got, I got five for each of you. And we're going to alternate. I got so you. first, first, first George is going to get a question. And then second will be Tyson. Okay. And then we'll go back and forth. All right. All right. First question for the vicious minute, George Capen, one out of five. Here we go. So our, our, our alma mater college of the Holy cross, it opened in October, 1843. Its first president of the, of the university, of the college, was Reverend Thomas F. Milady from Milady Hall. Before serving as Holy Cross's first pre- president, Reverend, Reverend Milady was the president for which other university from 1929 to 1837? You're fried. You're fried. I'm not fried. I know the answer to this. What is it? It's Georgetown. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's huge. A little known fact. I was going to bring this up earlier. Holy Cross in 1843 got its charter from Georgetown. So the first like 30 or 40 years of Holy Cross graduates got Georgetown degrees. I literally said this when I got the job, I was like, I'm taking a step up. Like I'm going from the little sister school to the, to the, to the big wigs. 
I found a link between Holy Cross and Georgetown. Beat I had, I had to give that, that I knew that. That's huge. Beat the, Great. Yep, one for one. Beat the deck. Beat the deck. Ty had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I Ty thought that. I was fried. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That one was not multiple choice, but a good amount of these will be. That one, I didn't give you multiple choice because if I had given you the option of Georgetown, you would have been like, oh, Georgetown. Right, he would have been. All right, Tyson, question number one. Which one of these individuals that I will list did not attend the College of the Holy Cross? I'm going to give you five individuals, okay? I'm so set on this. Let's go. these are these are celebrity alumnus of College of the Holy Cross. Which one did not attend the school? Okay. okay. Bill Simmons, formerly of ESPN, currently CEO and founder of The Ringer. Yeah. John Favreau, former speechwriter for President Barack Obama and co-creator of the famous podcast Pod Save America. Anthony Fauci, famous immunologist, currently serving as the, the director of National Institute of, and, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Edward Bennett Williams, former Washington, D.C. super lawyer and partial owner of the Washington Redskins and Baltimore Orioles. And the last one, Theodore Seuss Geisel, Dr. Seuss, American children's author, political cartoonist, illustrator, poet, animator, and filmmaker, Dr. Seuss. Okay, come on, Dr. Seuss. Like, if it's not Dr. Seuss, then that's... Also, come on now. First of all, or, or Clarence Thomas. I had to, I had one more to make it more difficult. Doctor, I was like, Dr. Seuss. If first you don't of all, Dr. Seuss. the crazy thing about the fact that you chose Doctor Seuss is is I just learned that like all of his books, I guess, were based on La Jolla, which is where Tyson's from. Exactly. So Doctor Seuss. That's why, that's why I threw Doctor Seuss in. Doctor Seuss lived in La Jolla, dude. Oh come yeah, on, what are we what doing? <laughs> So it, it's all right, Kate. Well, that was that was an easy one. Yeah, we got, we're gonna right. We're gonna you know you both one for one. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. I promise you, one of you one of you will get at least one. Kate's got a layup too. You got a multiple choice. Don't freaking complain. You have a layup. Kate, question number two. The regulations that are often considered the precursors to today's baseball rules were called what? There was a the the origin like the original rules of baseball. They were called this. All right, and I, I got four. I got four right. options. Oh, oh, okay. four options. All right. Come on. All right. The the Hamilton rules, the ball players regulations, the Knickerbocker rules, or the New York statutes. Let me know if you want me to read them off. Yeah, the repeat, again. repeat, go again. The Hamilton rules, the ball players regulations, the Knickerbocker rules, and the New York statutes. Would you like him to use each one in a sentence? <laughs> Tyson, do you know this? Uh, do, I have like I, a, do I have like a phone of friends or like a, <laughs> no. I have a lifeline? Do you have a friend in the room? If you have a friend in the room, you could ask them. <laughs> no, that's competition. So, uh, come on. Um, I mean, Hamilton rules, ball player regula- regulations, Knickerbocker rules, or the New York statutes. So I know what my gut wants to say, but I feel like I feel like I need to go with a smarter choice. I guess I don't know. So I'm just gonna go ahead and get ahead of the chirp here. And if I'm wrong, I didn't know it. But if I get it right, my guess is 
I learned these like test taking strategies in my junior year history class of high school. They and answered you. Said, they said, my teacher said, that if you have four options and only one of them stands out as being different than the others, there's a good chance that's it. So I'm going to go with A, Hamilton. Final answer. That stood out. That's not, that's not, oh, not, that's not, that's not. Oh. <laughs> is it the Knickerbocker rule? It totally oh. is. <laughs> You're trash. You're trash. Oh. The rules consisted of the Knickerbocker rules. They consisted of 20 regulations and included the dimensions okay. of the field, right. the definition of a ball, and a prohibition Damn. against throwing a ball at a runner to get them out. So, like, mm-hmm. Peggy's and, and Whiffle Ball, like, that, it, out, it outlawed that. Why Why did you think that the Hamilton rule stood out? Please and thank because you. It didn't sound. it didn't sound like it had anything to do with baseball. <laughs> Whatever. Next question. I sure right. my dot was going to go Knickerbocker. Next question. Next question. You're done. Question next question. Related to this. New right, George. So. New George. Next question. George. So, listen, I, how I said that the Knickerbocker rules outlawed the the early rules of baseball like the like the early earliest games of baseball they allowed baseball players to throw the balls at runners to get them out yeah and the knickerbocker rules outlawed that concept Obviously. what was the practice called of throwing out throwing the ball like peggies and wiffle ball yeah what was that process called before they out, were outlawed and i got four options for okay, you, okay? easy i already know it's ridiculous this is gonna be do, easy. do you know it without without the options you know <laughs> yeah but let's hear the options Okay. There's, no way, there's so, no way that you know. I will give you the game if you say it right now. I'd, I'd be impressed. Yeah. It's it's socking, smacking, soaking, or sinking. What? Socking, smacking, soaking, or sinking? Yeah. Got this out of a baseball trivia book. It's not soaking. Kind of it's soaking. Disease? Yeah, it's not I mean, soaking. I know well, it's not soaking because soaking something else. <laughs> All right. Soaking, smacking, socking. I mean, it's got to be smacking or socking. If it's soaking, literally throw me out the corner. What's the other one? Socking, smacking, soaking, and sinking. Socking, smacking, soaking, and sinking. Smacking. Ah, bro, you're gonna laugh. It was soaking. (laughs) Not, dude. It was not. Come on. It was called soaking. You're such yeah. a liar, dude. I'm not. I, I got this out of a baseball trivia book. I cannot wait to use that for the rest of my life. Questions. I'm yeah. about to GTS. I'm about to GTS. Soaking. <laughs> didn't you say? Didn't you say if it was soaking that what were you, you doing? Were you were jumping cliff or something. You were jumping out. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I'm th- I'm, no, I said. I no. That's not what I said. Oh, how how could wow. you have Google? Up, by the way, not allowed. Well, well, if you know, it says a discontinued practice put out running baseball, hitting running with ball thrown by a fielder. That's garbage. Okay, whatever. One and two, one and two. <laughs> Turn that, that computer off. Correct. All right, all right. Okay, yeah. question number three for you. Okay. This one's about Gain- Gainstown, all right? So Cape's, sure. Gape, uh, Cape's hometown, Gain- Gainesville, Re- Virginia. Sorry, getting a tongue twister here. Gainesville, Virginia has a lot of rich American history. It was once a changing point for stagecoach horses on the fa- uh, Falquier and Alexandria Turnpike. Fauquier. Where Thomas Jefferson stopped. Fauquier? How do you, how do you pronounce that? Fauquier. Fauquier? Fauquier? 
and Alexandria Turnpike where Thomas Jefferson stopped and utilized. The town's name came from Thomas Bronner Gaines, who was responsible for bringing the railroad through the village and brought and bought a lot of property up in the area as early as 1835. Before being coined Gainesville, this town had a couple other monikers. Do you know what they were? Before being named Gainesville. Do I get options? Why don't we go? Let me get a couple options for you. Yeah, I, I didn't write any options for you. I thought I thought maybe you might be able to. I mean, start I can take a couple stabs at it. Like uh, it's two. It's, give me guesses. It's two yeah, different it's two names. Options. There's two. How many stabs do you get, dude? How many stabs do you get? Just, dude, I, Ty. I mean, unlimited. Just keep throwing them out there. If unlimited. You, if you I mean, bull run. That was no. That was one of the uh, like origins of one of the things, but it was not the name of it. It was. It was like so. In reference to it, this, the name that I'm talking about was in reference to its location between Broad Road and Bull Run. It's between Bro Broad Run and Bull Run. Yeah, and the name came from that that concept. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. You don't have, what, what, I'm people just don't understand because in my research, in my research, Bull Run did come up, but that wasn't the right. Name there we go. So I'm, like, I don't even know what this question is asking. Like, what was Gainesville formally called? Like, I'm so confused. Yeah, there were yeah, there were two names that I found that it used to be called this when they were used. They used to use it as. A, a stopping point for stagecoaches to like it used to change hey, coaches like horses. Hey Mark. No. Horse no, changing spot. That <laughs> <laughs> people what people forget what people forget is that Capen is Capen is from multiple places. He's not just from Gainesville, Virginia. He's also from California. Uh, you asked Capen where he's from, there's ten different answers. I was born in California, buddy. All right. This is a this is a tough question for you. I thought I thought you might know it, but it, I wasn't, clearly it's just I wasn't not around something. in 1835. I uh, yeah. I can't I can't recall my memory back then. It's okay. I mean, I thought you might have been, but it's okay. No, no, I don't have <laughs> no, all it was, that. It was. I'll, we're just we'll move move past. Can you tell me what the answers were? were? Yeah, they were middle grounds and new stable. Ridiculous. So, obvious. How so, obvious. so, <laughs> so ridiculous. So ridiculous. So from now on, I'm going to tell people I'm You're in a new stable. I did live on a horse farm property, so I probably should have had that. Yeah, so, so Middle Grounds was in reference to its location between Broad Run and Bull, Ru and Bull Run. So there we go. And, and then New Stable was, I mean, do you kind of got... I got right half a point run. for sure. You got half. Right. Got half, right. right. Because... And then New Stable was in the early 1800s. Samuel Love and Buckland Hall started work on the Warrington Alexandria yeah, Turnpike. Warrington, that's right there. In the hamlet where the turnpike passed through the through the middle grounds, a new, a new stable was erected for stagecoach drivers to switch horses. Other businesses follows followed, and the settlement became known as New Stable. New Stable. That's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know. So. Thank God you know where you're from now. <laughs> Do you know what San Diego was before no, San Diego? I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought I should. I knew I should have given you options. My bad. I'll give you half a point for the half a point. There you go. I'll give him half a point because I know he doesn't have that. No. <laughs> Ty, your your audio just keep continues to just drop in the middle of conversations. <laughs> Bro, charge your AirPods overnight. 
Listening, I'm nice. I've had these things since 2018. What do you know about that? I've been with my boys for a long time. Thanks for starting to sneak some classic. Ty, this is a fun question. And honestly, I'm recycling this question from my other, my, my cousin is a San Diego native and it's a yeah. I'm recycling it because I really, I liked this question when I gave it to him and we're going to, we're, I'm going to give it to you now. Right. And I, it sounds I easy. Know, I, because you're not going to know the answer to this. I'm, it's proof that I know you're not listening to bitches talk with Benny P. So. <laughs> well, there's 58 other episodes. A lot. Right, so many other episodes. Question three for Ty. On July 2nd, 2011, one member of the San Diego Padres fell behind the count against the Mariner starter, Doug Fister, 0-2. He then proceeded to foul off a few pitches and earn a couple of balls. At some point, the scoreboard operator inexplicably gave the batter a third ball. When Fister's 2-2 pitch sailed high, the Padres hitter in question trotted to first base and nobody, not even Fister or the Mariner skipper, Eric Wedge or home plate umpire, Phil Cuzzy contested this walk. The player in question would go on to score the only run in the Padres one zero win of this game against the Mariners. Who was this Padre in question? All right. I got both options. No chance. Give me options. No, 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 I, I love this question. This is a great question. Do you have a guess off the bat? Of course, but I don't want to go with my guess <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> but if you throw me the guess, I won't consider it wrong, and I'll give you the options. Well, I what I was going to say, if you weren't giving me options, I was going to say, how random is this guy? Is it like a total no-name <laughs> guy, or is it like a guy? No. I got I got Padres for you. Like these are the guys I'm gonna give you. Like oh, I remember they played for the Padres. I remember like I remember these guys. All right. All right. So then my Let me my, just give you the my my guess 2011. I don't even know if he was a 2011 guy, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. A guy that bounced around between a, a really good team and a really bad team. That being the Padres, the Dodgers, uh, Adrian Gonzalez good guess but that's incorrect uh, well it doesn't matter let me give you the options let me give you the options cameron maven will venable ryan ludwick or kristen orfia wow that was when our team was awful um <laughs> those maven, are all great names of ludwick denorfia god maven was a guy um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go venable just because i liked venable He's a good hitter. I think he's a he's a third base coach for the Cubs. Really? That answer is in yeah, I think so. I think he's a or he, he was he was a managerial he had his managerial candidate, but that answer is wrong. It's not Will Venable. It was Cameron Maven. Real? Oh, that was gonna be my first guess. I'll take back. Um Dude, I, I can't believe I can't believe that this was the only run of the ball game and it wasn't even a deserving walk. That's Dude, wild. that's actually I, believe this. I, I wonder how many times that's happened. Baseball. Right? Isn't it, I want to say it happened recently. I feel like I saw John Boy do do a thing on it. Really? Yeah, I want to say. I, I don't quote me, but I feel like I was scrolling through Twitter recently <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> but not dude, ending was, in a one nothing ball game. Hurts. That's crazy. Right? Right. That's the only run that scored. Well, it didn't crazy. matter because we were probably thirty and one hundred fifty. So, <laughs> right. Both teams are probably real lousy. All True. right. We are. We're both one for three here. So you guys are still neck and neck. <laughs> Is that pretty no, good? What's average? What's average for vicious talk at this point? 
the high, the high. So I've had a couple different segments of Fish's Talk. Some of them were out of 10. Some of them were out of five. Nobody's got a hundred. I think the, the highest I think I got out of 10 was like seven, seven and a half, maybe. This is wow, why we should have just gone together and try to get all seven. Yeah. Well, they're catered so. towards each individual. So like you wouldn't have gotten mine. I wouldn't have gotten yours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right, question left. number four. Question number four. George Capen, you're from the D.C. area-ish. The Washington Nationals came to the, that city in 2005. The organization was previously known as the Montreal Expos, and the transition from Montreal to D.C. took a, a few years to complete officially. In the Expos' final official season in 2004, they split time between ho playing home games between both Montreal and one other city before officially moving to Washington, D.C. in 2005. What was this city? I got, I got options for you. I got options. I got options. They, 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 it's like, sorry. They, they split home games between two different cities the Expos did before they moved to DC officially. All right. The options are San Juan, Puerto Rico, Buffalo, New York, Orlando, Florida, or Baltimore, Maryland. Prides. One and four. Next question. I'll take my question. Like, I just, this, like, you, this is, this is cool, right? I, I like this, but let me just say, <clears throat> <laughs> like yeah, I grew up in the DC area, so yeah, I was a Nats fan. Yeah, I remember when they came in 2005 and they were playing at RFK. I know all that, right? I was an once, Expos yeah. fan before that. <laughs> that has That's, nothing to do with DC. Like, like doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is this is your organization, Cape. Yeah, answer the question. You should have been at this point. You would have known that they were coming the next year, and you should have been at least following them a little bit. Yeah, answer the question, dude. Whatever. As a ten-year-old kid. <laughs> Answer the question, dude. Whatever. We don't care about your excuse. What would you tell me? San Juan, Puerto Rico, Buffalo, New York, Orlando, Florida, or Baltimore, Maryland? San Juan, Buffalo, Orlando, Baltimore. Well, just right off the bat, I don't think it's going to be San Juan because why would they travel that far? That's wild. And maybe Stands Baltimore. Out though. <laughs> Maybe it does stand out. It does stand out. It does stand out. It does stand out. But but just a little bit. But maybe Baltimore because that you know is is relatively close and they wanted to build up hype in the area. But are they really going to travel like that? I don't know. Um maybe buffalo because buffalo is not too far from canada so i could see that and what was the third what was the other option Balt, uh, orlando 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 which you could argue maybe they have a spring training complex in i have no idea uh wow it could be any one of them i'm gonna go ahead <laughs> What's that now? What's that now? You have no idea either, huh? No, I know what's that now. Yeah, but do you know the answer? Well, I know what's that now. I know the answer. Right. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, wow. This is tough. What was uh, what? What order did you give me that? Come on, come on. <laughs> bro. Just, just, just give me your guess. I'm going to guess Baltimore. It was San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I you should have gone with it. You is, I, I had this guy who told me how to answer the question, yeah. and you did not answer the question the way he told you to answer the question. Ty's accent, we should have given it away. Dude, 
It's because I didn't go by the book. I didn't you didn't go by the book. Go by the book. <laughs> I didn't go by the book. The book said choose the answer that, that's, that's not like the others. I didn't go by the book. That's what I get. So That's, that's uh, hilarious. Wow. Good for them. Yeah, they, play little, they play a little home game in San, a, 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 I think like a percentage of their home games in San Juan or something like that. That's so. cool. All right, question number four for Tyson. On September 10th, 1978 at San Diego Stadium, a controversial game-winning play by the Oakland Raiders against the San Diego Chargers, Chargers, where Raiders quarterback Ken Stabler fumbled a ball forward to tight end Dave Casper in the end zone for a game-winning score, giving the Raiders a 21-20 win. The controversial play became known as the Holy Roller. And in response to the in response, the league passed new rules in the next offseason, restricting fumbles, uh, re- fumble recoveries by the offense, basically saying you can't fumble the ball forward anymore on offense. Chargers fans refer to this play by a different name, exhibiting just how painfully cheated they felt from this outcome. What do what do Chargers fan call Charger fans call this play? It was the Holy Roller, famously. Before you give me options, and I know vicious minutes going a little bit over a minute right now, but before you give me options, it always does. Before you give me options, I just want to preface this by saying the same thing Cape said. Like, yeah, he's from Washington. Like, I'm from San Diego, but guess what? The Chargers, they went to LA. So all the history I learned about but the Chargers. I know you were. All the history I learned about the Chargers, I forgot it because they went that way. But anyways, give me my options. That makes sense. That makes sense. I had to find, I, I mean, this is a famous play though, the Holy Roller. I know you the know Holy Roller. I know, I know the Holy Roller, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. The, of course. The, my thought was maybe if you heard the name here, you would think, oh, that rings a bell. Okay. I'm going to guess that. Okay. Okay. All right. The Phony Roller. The Immaculate Deception, The Cheated Roll, Casper the Fumbled Ghost. Immaculate Deception. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Oh, 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 Immaculate oh, Deception. Oh, oh. You better get this one right, otherwise I'm a weed. <laughs> you like my Casper the Fumbled Ghost? I like that. I like that. I I like that. <laughs> that was good. Those were all great ones. Yeah, I came up with off the top of my head. So. Good job, Benny. <laughs> all right, Cape. Pressure's on, buddy. Yeah. You got you to answer this one to stay to stay up to with uh, with Tyson. Yeah, do it. And if you get this one right, you'll be up by half a point. So then the pressure will then switch back to Tyson. Half so. a point. It's gonna come down. All right, all right, Kate. We're talking about we're talking about Georgetown again here. Great. Baseball. Baseball is Georgetown's oldest sport, with the first recorded game taking place in 1866, and the team formally organized and sanctioned in 1870. Now known as the Hoyas, the school's baseball team was once called what? Before they were the Hoyas, the school's baseball team was called the what? All right. I got options for you. All right. Sacks, the Federals, the Washes, or the Stonewalls? Hit me all the way over again. I didn't hear the first one. Gotcha. Sacks, the Federals, the Washes, or the Stonewalls? I think I know this. Damn, you don't know. I think I know this. I think I know this. I think I know this. I'll give you a hint, dude. I'm tricking you with one of them. I'm. I'm, There's a trick. There's a trick. There's a little curveball in some of these. Little spider tag. There might be a little deception. All right, hit me with them again. Hit me with them again. Oh my god. Saxes, the Federals, the Stonewalls, or the Washes. What's the first one? 
Saxes, Federals, Washes, Stonewalls. I think I know the answer. Right, I'll tell you why I think it. I know the answer. I think I know the answer because we say Hoya Saxa. And what's Hoya Saxa? It's Latin for what rocks. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with Stonewalls. That's the origin of it. That's the origin of it. And I, when I looked this up, they said that, that they when they say that, you know, that uh, Hoya Saxa or whatever, that cheer. Holy Hoya Saxa. It means what rocks. Like literally rocks yeah. as in stones, stone walls. They were the stone walls. Very cool. Oh, exactly, Very baby. cool. I love it. Very cool. Hey. Very cool. All of G Town, G Town Nation is proud of me right now. Shout out G Town. Cape Fiction with a two and a half out of five. Which I'm is in the lead. Dog. I'm in the lead. Right? He's in the lead. Ty, here we I'm, go. I I'm you. You're two for well, four. You gotta go three for five to pass Cape. All right, question number five, the last one of the Vicious Minute segment with George and, and Ty Tony Gwynn. <laughs> I can't make it that easy, come on. <laughs> All right. So, Ty, this guy plays a genre of music that you, I mean, you you like to dabble with the U. This guy kind of dabbles with the U. He kind of got that ocean vibe feel. Grammy Award winning sing, singer-songwriter Jason Mraz not only entertains with his laid-back, melodic, and stylistic songs, but he and his family own a 5.5-acre farm near Oceanside that grows that grows passion fruit, chocolate, and this popular San Diego export. All right, I got the options for you. Guys, I'm busy talking. Let's go. <laughs> Avocados, oranges, apples, or almonds? Come on! It's not avocados because avocados come from Mexico. There's a commercial in San Diego. Avocados from <laughs> Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> they do have, in Fallbrook, they do have big avocado farms, but avocados come from Mexico. Oranges, apples. Bro, this is one This is one farm in San Diego. It's 5.5 acres. That's not like the expanding, like it's not, it's, it's not like an entire San Diego region. Are you trying it's to throw me farm. off the scent? Jen, no, throw me off the scent. Keep Keep on, Benny, give me thing, <laughs> so we got oranges, <laughs> apples, and almonds. Yeah. I mean, avocados. I mean, here's the deal. Oranges, apples, almonds, oranges, apples, almonds. Come on. So that's what pisses me off is I think it's avocados and avocados are from Capes. You tell them avocados from Mexico. Thank you. And Fallbrook. But they may be. So I'm going to trust my gut. Make avocados. Make avocados. Oh, you got it. You got it. Come on. <laughs> Bro, San Diego exports a lot of avocados. I think it's the most popular export in San Diego. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> you both, you both on multiple questions were like, I don't think it's this. <laughs> you guys like, That's wrong. the right answer. I'll go back to the Knickerbocker rules. If I got the Knickerbocker rules, I would have been good. Dude, you were you, good. You, you almost had it. Yeah, I can't believe you thought the Hamilton rules was the one that stood out. I was so I dumb. can't believe you just went avocado after your gut. Literally, the first thing you said is it's not avocado. That's that's solid. Apples, <laughs> oranges, almonds are so cliche. That's like so. I almost cliche. said I almost threw grapes into this, and I knew you would have picked grapes. That so that's why I was like, I'm not gonna. Me for a loop because cal- like wine country obviously not southern california but i would have been like hmm, grapes interesting i probably would have gone grapes 
That's so why I didn't do it. I was like, Gramps is going to give him too big of a curveball. Yeah. And make it, make it doable. Yeah. So <laughs> very cool. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Do you have anything you want to plug before we, we uh, sign off for episode 69? Uh, real last sneak summer classic, July 17th this Saturday. If you're around, if you're listening, I know it's national TV, so please come down. It's going to be a good event. Um, we're really excited about the basketball competition, but also um, the environment that we're creating and kind of supporting local entrepreneurism and, uh, you know, just having a good time so come on out cool Kate, got anything i don't have anything social media accounts i don't have anything no if if, if a kid wants to get recruited by uh, georgetown baseball can you go to like a certain recruiting account or something uh yeah (laughs) just go to the website my email's on there and just fire me an email all i can say is support the hoyas that's all i got hoya saxa hoya saxa the stone walls all right guys i love it Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. I really appreciate it. So fun. Later, Benny. Thanks for having us. All right. Peace. Okay. That's it here for episode 69 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on all your podcast platforms. Go and also visit All Things Analysis and our YouTube channel, as well as allthingsanalysis.com. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for the website. We're excited to share with you guys very soon. Thanks again to George and Tyson for joining me for episode 69. Had a lot of fun with you two. Really looking forward to hearing about how Tyson's San Diego Sneaks Tournament goes. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right, that's going to do it here for episode 69. Don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious?